So you said it multiple times, right? You said it multiple times today. It's not about Trump. It's not about Biden. Come on. It's about Jesus. That's right. Okay. We have to come into alignment come on. with Jesus. Come on, tell it. Because he's not saying what the media is saying. That's he's right. not even saying what Trump is saying. That's right. And he for sure isn't saying what Biden is saying. Come on. So uh, has anybody heard me preach before? Anybody heard me speak before? No? Okay, well, uh, we're going to be on a plane. And uh, if you enjoy it, you might always want to fly in the Civil Life Airlines. And, uh, <laughs> you might crash and burn. Let's go. Um, my beautiful wife, Marissa, is sitting here. My, my mom's here. And uh, my son's also here. His name's Elijah Paul. He was born on 1-16-2020. Okay? 116 is, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to those who believe, first to the Jew and then to the Greek, right? 2020, you've heard it before, perfect vision, I believe my son is not going to need glasses like I do. So as a, I don't know what vision it was that you shared, uh, or that I that you shared in there. Oh, when you, uh, I don't know, you, um, like when you're out in the field or something. Yeah. That's the one I thought about. So I want to lay some groundwork before I get into what I really want to share. Okay. I just want to lay some groundwork here. If you have the Holy Spirit living in you, Come on. you are the most spiritual being on the face of the universe. Amen. Come on. Okay. Yeah. God's not looking for apostles. God's not looking for prophets. He's not looking for evangelists. Come on. He's looking for the manifestations of the sons of God. And if, you're, if you're a woman, and if you're a woman, it doesn't matter because son of God is not a male or a female. It's a class of being. Okay? Because you are a spiritual being. All right? So this is our groundwork is that you have the Holy Spirit by believing by faith. Okay? Is it okay if I just get in front of here? You can do whatever you want. Okay. This is a move. So, everything is received by believing. Yes. Rather, if it's a word of knowledge, a word of prophecy, everything is received by rest. We cannot obtain anything by our works as far as favor and love and the goodness of God. It's all given because of Jesus. Do is that? Yes. Are you guys following me? So, if I go too fast, or if I'm going too slow, or if I'm not saying anything that you guys understand, just raise your hand, tell me to repeat it. I want you guys to have understanding because it's the understanding that the devil can't take away from you. Come on, tell Anything me. else he can snatch away from you. You guys know that God sows a seed and the devil also sows his seed. Okay? So let's start all the way from the beginning. Can we do that? Okay. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless, void. And the Spirit of God hovered over the earth, and he said, Let there be light. Right? We all know the story. Then in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, he says, Let us create man in our image according to our likeness. We all following? Yeah. Cool. Then all of a sudden, God says, All these trees you can eat, but don't eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because if you eat this tree, it will produce death. Right? So what does Eve do? Eve goes, 
just hanging out with Adam. They're hanging out. And all of a sudden, the serpent comes to Eve and says, Did God really say Come on. that if you eat of this tree, you won't die? Well, God said it. Okay. She takes the fruit. Now, this fruit that she ate is the tree of good and evil. It's not the tree of good and evil. It's the tree of good and evil. It's one fruit. As one bite. When she bit into this fruit, that fruit contained a seed. Because everything is grown by a seed. So that seed went into Eve. And now, instead of looking like her father, she took on the nature of the devil. Which is now her father. And that knowledge of good and evil switched her. Because the Bible says that when she took of the fruit, her eyes were opened. Which means that her eyes were closed. So you cannot, she, she didn't see good and evil because her eyes were closed. When she bit it, then her eyes were open. So natures fell. She switched natures, okay? Same thing with Adam. When Adam bit into the fruit, that seed of the devil, which is the word, because the spirit is the seed and the word that comes in us. Is that we all tracking? Amen. Cool. Amen. So now she has the nature of the devil. It doesn't mean that she's evil because it's good and evil, right? So now she gives birth and she has Cain and she goes on. And Cain and Abel were brothers. And Cain gave an offering to God and so did Abel. He gave an offering to God. But God did not accept Cain's offering, right? But he accepted Abel's. And it drove him so mad and he murdered his brother. And that is what the Bible says that Cain was of the evil one. Doesn't mean that he was evil. Doesn't mean that he was walking around trying to kill everybody. But he resembled his father. Does that make sense? That's right. Come on. So we resemble our father. So now Eve has fallen. Adam has fallen. And God makes a promise. Do you guys know the first promise? One of the first promises is to Eve. That she would have a seed, right? And that seed would come through a pure line, and that seed would be Jesus. So the devil's birth, uh, the devil tricks her, and God says, I will cause enmity between your seed and her seed. Jesus in John 8:44 says, You of your father the devil, the Pharisees say, We're not born of fornication. He says, We're Abraham's descendants. He says, you are Abraham's descendants, but you're not Abraham's children. Because if you were Abraham's children, you would do the things that Abraham did. And Abraham believed me, but yet you decided to seek me because you are your father, the devil, trying to kill me. So they wanted to murder Jesus because they were of their father. It doesn't mean that they were evil. It doesn't mean that they were stealing from everybody, fornicating. It doesn't mean any of that. In fact, they were actually really good people because the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. They tied to the church. They sang in the church. They gave to the poor in the church. They taught together. They ate together. These were good Christians. But they also were evil at the same time. Because that's what Jesus says. So the whole Bible is about one person. It's about Jesus. It's about a redemptive story that we all know. Okay, so I'm just laying groundwork right now. Is that okay? Okay. So 
the whole Bible is a shadow. In the Old Testament, we have Abraham, Moses, Noah, you know, Samuel, David. All these people were a shadow of him who was to come. Okay? And if you look in the Old Testament, you read their stories, you can literally see the gospel in everything. Because it's the gospel that illuminates our eyes. That we're able to see. Jesus says, if your eye is full of light, you'll be full of light. But if your eye is dark, then how great is that darkness? Right? So the eye is the lamp of the body. So when we have light coming into us, because Jesus is the light of the world, right? So when we have light coming into us, we can now see his word clearly for what it says. And that's the thing. In the church today, what you're seeing is that everyone in the dispensation of time has been carried away by different doctrines. Not doctrines of devils. Just doctrine. It could be the grace movement, the healing movement. It could be deliverance movement. And these movements brought cultures into the church. Warfare culture, healing culture. But here's the deal. We can't look at the cultures of the church as what it means to be Jesus. We can't look at the healing movement, at the grace movement, at the prophetic movement, because honestly, if, if we're looking at the prophetic movement, we've fallen short. Because we can miss it, and we can hit it. We can stand up here and give a great prophetic word. We can stand up here and we can look like we have a great gift. But at the end of the day, if that's our standard, we have missed the point. Because prophets aren't our standard. Apostles aren't our standard. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our standard. Right? That's right. Okay, we understand that. Okay. So, I have a Bible here just uh, so that I, I look like I know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> I, maybe I'll go to it, maybe I'll phone. Jesus says, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and he sowed seed. And some seed fell on the wayside, some seed fell on you know, thistles and thorns, and it got choked up, and the devil came and he snatched them. But some seed, landing on good soil, produced a harvest or a crop. Some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. What does this mean? We have many interpretations. I, I like all of them because they're all true. Some have said this is the conditions of our heart and this is the condition of this. Um, I, I like to, uh, I'll just go there so that I'm not misinterpreting. It's in Matthew 13, if you guys, or uh, I think it's like Luke 8 or something like that, maybe Mark 4, if you have a Bible or not. No big deal. And then he says this. This is what he says. For, for whoever has, to him more shall be given, and to he who has will be given abundance. But to he, even to who he has, what he has will be taken away. I know it's a mouthful. Let me simplify it. If I have a thousand dollars, and I am stewarding that a thousand dollars, more would be added because I have the understanding of what a thousand dollars can do for me. But if I have a thousand dollars and I want to buy a new drum set, I want to buy a new car, and I need to pay my rent, I don't have understanding of the thousand dollars, so it will be taken away from me. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So he says, some yielding 30, 60, and 100 fold. Now, uh, <laughs> I had to actually talk to one of my friends. Because um, I'm going to be saying some of the things that he has said, and because uh, it's so true, 
and I asked him beforehand, I said, hey man, you know, if you mind if I just use some of the some of your one-liners? And he's like, yeah, man, you can use it all. I said, I don't want it all. I just I just want some of it to to lay some groundwork. And he said it was okay. So 30-fold is I'm saved. And this is the understanding that Jesus says. Some will yield this. 30-fold says I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. That's my declaration of how good God is. Okay? I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, and when I die, I will meet Jesus and I will have fun with Jesus. Their hope is in the death of their body, not his, to experience heaven. Their hope is when I die, I will see Jesus. I will experience Jesus. I will be reunited with my loved ones. 30-fold understanding. 60-fold moves into the soul. And that's where a lot of the church is. A lot of the church is in 60-fold understanding. They, I've received the Holy Spirit. I pray in tongues. I prophesy. I'm going to do healings. I'm doing everything that, I, that Jesus did, right? But we've missed the mark because 60-fold is I'm going to sow and reap. I'm going to hold my confession. I'm going to hold my confession. I'm going to hold my confession. And if I hold my confession, this person will be healed. That is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Here's why. And see, if your daughter is sick, and you say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to fast for 21 days. I'm going to fast for 21 days. And at the end of this 21 days, my daughter will be healed. If she achieves it and she holds her confession, she may fall into pride. If she doesn't achieve it, she falls into condemnation. If she achieves it by fasting for 21 days and someone else in the church sees, oh, well, she achieved this by fasting for 21 days. I'm going to heal my son by the power of God, and I'm going to fast for 21 days. She fasts for 21 days, and her son dies. Knowledge of good and evil will always bring death. That's not the gospel. Yes? Oh. <laughs> That's not the gospel, because the gospel is a free gift. You can't obtain it by how much fasting you do. Come on. You can't be healed because you fasted for 10 days. You Come are on. healed because Jesus died on the cross, and his bloodshed covers you, and it's by his wounds that you are healed. Not by my wounds. My wounds is, I've been healed from the church. God owes me something. It's about time we get healed by now, don't you think? It's been enough time. We've been enough time in the caves. We've been enough time on social media. It's about time that we rise up, isn't it? I mean, come on. 60-fold Christianity is a Baptist walks in to River Raisin. She sees the flag lady. She sees the drums, and she's like, well, these guys are whacked out. <laughs> They're totally weird. And then somebody from a Pentecostal church goes into the Baptist church and says, God, send revival, send revival. They need revival. Both of those are the knowledge of good and evil. Because when you're telling God to send revival, what you're doing is you're asking him to do something he's put in you. So you receive Jesus. When you receive Jesus, you didn't receive a belief system. You didn't receive a... Christianity, you didn't receive a religion, you weren't an atheist, you now became a Christian, you weren't a Buddhist. What you were is that you were like Eve. You resembled your father, the devil. And that's your nature. Jesus said multiple times in Matthew 5, you have heard it said, but now I say. So he's taking you from, you have heard it said from your father, the devil, to now what my father says, because in my kingdom, we don't steal from each other. You don't rob each other. I'm not having sex with your wife. But in your kingdom, you try to get away with those things. 
So what happens when you die? I believe you live with your father. So what happened when you were born again is that you received the good news of your salvation. Now there's a lot of good news out there. A lot. And it's circling. But the good news is the prophecy that God spoke that Jesus would come and heal the land and do all those things and he would you know, take away the sins of the world, right? That's the good news. So when you became born again, you didn't become a Christian. What you did is you changed your class of being. Now the sons of God. Excuse me. So now you're a son. And everything that Jesus paid for was paid to make you a son. So the Bible says to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, right? Okay. Well, uh, you know, Pastor, I've received Jesus and, um, you know, I speak in tongues, I prophesy, I've seen Jesus do wonderful miracles, um, but yet I'm still smoking cigarettes. I must not be saved. Knowledge of good and evil. Come on. Why? Because knowledge of good and evil will always produce death, but Jesus is a life-giving spirit. So everything that Jesus speaks to you gives life to you. But, oh, now I must not be sick. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Put that uh, right here, I guess. So now, one second, let me just put this up. Are we all tracking? Yes, sir. Okay, because I'm just still laying groundwork. How much time do I have? All right, I'm still laying some groundwork. I'm getting some, I'm just making sure we're all here. I just need to catch everybody up or, or maybe you guys are already there. I have no idea. <laughs> so you receive Jesus. I'm born again. I'm spirit filled. I'm singing in the church. I'm even leading worship in the church, but yet I still smoke cigarettes. Knowledge of good and evil. Because how many times would you have to quit smoking cigarettes to be righteous with God? How many times have you done that? I've, I've been there. I've been there. I, I, I used to chew tobacco in, in the Lord. Come on, okay? Every day, I go up to the gas station. I'm a righteous man. Jesus made me righteous. Hey, can I have a tin of grizzly rug and pouches? Come on, Walk away. Man, why did I do that? Like, I'm just not saved today. The next day, I wake up. I had a dream. God gave me a dream. I said, oh, man, go tell all my friends my dream. You are such a good Christian. I get a word of knowledge for the person at the gas station. God says, you know, he's going to restore some things in your family. Oh, wow, thank you. She comes to the Lord. I go to work. I get a word of knowledge for my boss's knee. He needs to be healed. And then I go to bed and I go, wow, I am such a good Christian. I have just done evil. I have just done evil because how much good can I do to please God? If we can only please God by our faith. So the next guy wakes up, he goes, oh, you know, I had a dream, forgot it. Uh, my kids was crying, so I got, you know, late to work, and I got fired. Called my boss a jerk. I uh, went home, started yelling at my wife, and now I just don't know what to do with myself. Oh, and I forgot to go to church today. Man, I'm a crappy Christian. Knowledge of good and evil. You are a son. Nothing can change that you are a son. Whether you have a dream or you don't have a dream, like I said at the beginning, you are the most spiritual being on the face of the universe. Because when you received Jesus, you received himself. He who is now joined with the Lord is now one spirit with him. As far as I'm concerned, if you're one, you're one. There's no two. There's one. Right? My wife and I, 
when we met and we were we were dating and we were getting together, she did everything that the Lapines did. She did. She talked like them. She walked like them. She even sang like them. And she believed everything they believed. Then I came along, a Carlissimo, and I said, "Hey, you look like a, a good candidate to be my wife. I think I'm hearing the Lord. I think I this is good." Why don't we start seeing each other? We started seeing each other. She realized that, well, maybe, you know what, being a Carly Stone is uh, better. <laughs> so, so then we decided to get married, okay? We decided to get married. Her last name was Lapine. When she made a covenant with me to live with me, to honor me, you know, all that good stuff, what happened was is that she left her family. She left the identity. Come on, tell us. And she took upon my name, and yeah. she no longer is a Lapine. She now is a Carlissimo, and she does the things of a Carlissimo. Amen. Does that make sense? That's, she became one with me, and that's the mystery of Christ in the church. All right? That's the mystery of Christ in the church, is that Paul says, Behold, I tell you a mystery, and this is pertaining to the church and Christ. Thank you, Jesus. So we're good so far. Good, good. So Romans 6 says, and I know I'm all over the place, but I'm just laying some groundwork. Good. Good Romans 6 says, do you not know that when Jesus died, you also died in newness of life with him, that if you have been united with him in the likeness of his death, you were also raised in the likeness of his resurrection, which means that Jesus didn't just die for you, but he died as you, right? When Judas and all the disciples were at the table, and Jesus was having the communion. He says, if you do not take the bread and the wine, you have no part of me. So when you took the bread, and when you took the bread, and you took the wine, and you oh, took the wine, yes, yes. you were in Jesus when he was hanging on the cross. Yes. So he died. you died in him. He died in you because you were co-crucified with him. Does that make sense? It should be. So he says, the one who eats this will betray me. Well, we all know that Judas betrayed him. But he also says... If you don't let me wash your feet, you have no part of me. And said that to Peter. And then Peter says, well, then wash all of me, right? But we have changed the gospel to, I'm going to die for Jesus. I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to prophesy for Jesus. I'm going to do for Jesus. That's not the gospel. The gospel is, Jesus washed your feet. Jesus died for you. Jesus healed you, right? Okay, good. So I think we have a good understanding of the gospel. All right, so let's move beyond the elementary rudiments of the faith. That's what Paul says, right? Let's move beyond these That's things, right. beyond Come salvation, laying a foundation again of dead works, right? And the gospel is not dead works, but talking about it and talking about it until someone gets it, it's kind of redundant, isn't it? So let's move beyond that. If I'm a Christian and... I believe in 60-fold, which is the grace movement today, which is even the sonship movement today. The 60-fold Christian sounds like this. Lord, don't shut the heavens. Don't shut the heavens. But if the Lord is shutting the heavens, it means we're on the outside. We're out on the inside. When John was in the spirit and he saw a door, the Lord said, come up here. I'm going to show you the things that must take place. And then he saw the churches, right? But they were before the throne. They weren't on the throne. They were before it. And Jesus is trying to paint a picture in the Revelation because the Revelation isn't an end time book. It's the Revelation of Jesus. 
Everything in life is a revelation of Jesus. Just like this man's shirt here. When it says live strong, that's a prophetic word for you. Now a lot of people, a lot of people would say, oh, don't look upon the natural, just look in the spirit. You can look upon the natural, we have to hear in the spirit. And that's the key. Is that I can look at the drum set and give a prophetic word. I can look at the sky and give a prophetic word because Romans 1.20 says that the natural things or the things that were created give off the attributes of a spiritual God. Does that make sense? So I don't know what, what that means for you, but you want to share something? No. Okay. No, but it is right on the money. You're just wearing it on you. That's, see, the, the Bible says that signs and wonders will follow us. Come on. I walk, I saw a sign. That's right. That's it. Okay? And it is prophetic. That's it. Every, everything in your life is prophetic, okay? I know. I try not going the prophetic route. I tried really hard. I'm trying to step into being... Everything in your life is prophetic. Everything is speaking to you. Even the rocks will cry out. Come on. Absolutely. Right? Okay. Back to Romans 6. I want to lay this down, and then I want to move into something. Who knows? Let the Lord have his way. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death so that Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father. We too also might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, this is the language that Paul really wants us to know. He says it in Colossians, he says it in Ephesians, he says it in Romans, and if Paul wrote Hebrews, he also said it in Hebrews. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, with Jesus, so that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. I just want to let you know something. In the Old Testament, in Genesis, when Cain killed his brother, the Lord said to Cain, sin is crouching at your door, and be master over it. That's in the Old Testament. For he who has died is free from sin. That's weird, because I'm still alive. But Adam and Eve died, because they ate the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. So what does sin produce? The law gives birth to sin. The law is the knowledge of good and evil. Don't do this. Do this. You do this, you're good with God. You don't do this, you're bad with God. That's the law. So the law gives birth to sin. You know what? I'm not doing good with God. I'm going to go chew today. I'm not doing good with God. I'm going to go fornicate. Those are the acts of sinning, but they're not sin. Follow me here. Now, I told you I was laying groundwork, and now I'm going to get into it. Those were the acts of sinning, but they're not sin. Why? Because sin is unbelief. Well, where's that in the Bible? Good question. In Hebrews, it says that Moses, or the children of Israel, knew Moses' works, or uh, God's works, but Moses knew his ways. Now, here's a key. The children of Israel saw the Red Sea open. They saw all the miracles. You know, they saw all the plagues. They saw everything. They knew God's works. And that's 60 fold. Let's go heal. Let's go do miracles. Let's go send plagues to bite it. Whatever. <laughs> Hopefully not, right? Because that would be the nature of your God of the devil. But we have changed natures. So, the new man 
if I keep reading. I know I'm all over the place. I'm going to circle back around. So, but now if we have died with Christ, we believe, this is Paul saying, we believe that we should also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is to never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. Listen to this. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, and the life that he lives, he lives to God. Romans 6.11 is my favorite. It says, even so, consider yourself dead to sin, but alive to God. Yes. Okay. When I was a new Christian, and I use Christian as a term that we can all understand. When I was a new Christian, I had not come into salvation like most people, where I go into church, someone tells me to read my Bible, and I become a better person, and I go to Wednesday night, I go to Friday night, and I go to Catholic school, whatever it is, and that's your life for 50 years. I didn't come into salvation that way. A friend of mine, and, and I'm We're good? Okay. So a friend of mine and a few other friends were all in a garage. Now, I wasn't a believer at this time. And we're smoking weed. We're drinking. Smoking cigarettes. Doing whatever we want to do. And one of my friends is a big philosopher. Huge. He's got his bachelor's. He's a huge philosopher. And he starts talking about God and how we're in an atom. And an atom is an atom. But we're really not atom. And we actually made up of this drum set. And that's God. And this God. And... And, you know, I was already high, so I was already <laughs> tripping out and, and not understanding what was going on. And then out of the corner of my ear, I hear somebody say, no, man, that's not true. Jesus is God. I hear his voice all the time. He comes to me at night. And now I'm like, dude, now nah, I don't know what I smell. I'm tripping. I mean, like, when I talk about tripping, I'm like, like, Jesus, God, voice. Now, my mom was a Catholic, and she, you know, she kind of raised us go to Easter, you know, things like that. But it was never prevalent in my life because I was blinded. I was an enemy towards God. I couldn't see. So even if she was preaching to me, it was foolish to me because the cross is foolish to those who are perishing. That's right. But to us, it's the power of God. Yeah, come on, tell it, tell it. So he starts talking about God. He's like, oh, you know, Jesus, you know, he comes to me and hears his voice. After everybody left, I kind of went up to him. Now, this guy's like 6'6". Six, six. He's like huge. And I'm like, hey, man, what, what is this God stuff, man? <laughs> like, he's talking about Jesus coming to you the other night. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He starts talking about Jesus. Had no idea. And then he starts shaking me. And he says, spring up, old well. Spring up, old wells." And I just let everything happen. He started speaking some weird language and started being all weird and started doing stuff and wrapping his head around my, you know, hand around my head and it was shaking me and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, tripping and had no idea what was going on at all. I was just like, this dude's whacked out. And, and uh, so I went back to church with him because he invited me to church. I was like, well, I have no money. Just came out of a relationship. Uh, just lost my dog. Just lost my car. I uh, had no idea what's going to happen to me. I gave it a shot. I wasn't looking for Jesus. Jesus chose us. I was, looking, I was looking for a meal. I was looking for a friend. I was looking maybe for a handout. Right? I've been there. And I know you guys have been there. So he comes in. Hey, man. Yeah, 
sort of church, you know, whatever. Smoke a doobie for church. Make we did. Come on. Come on. Got drunk a little bit the night before, so now we have to sober up for church, which means take a few more shots. We've been there. Okay. I'm not speaking. I'm speaking to myself, aren't I? So we go to church smelling like alcohol. We go to church and, you know, do the Christian things. So the first day, I went to church. Nothing happened. I thought everybody was weird. I mean, you guys, you know, praise and get up and worship. And it's pretty much the same thing, only a little bit toned down because there was more people and all that stuff. So whatever. So the first day I went, nothing. Didn't feel a thing. We go to Dickie's. He's like, hey, man, you, you want to hang out? You want to go and, you know, just chill? I go, oh, yeah, sure. I need a meal. <laughs> Eat whatever you want, man. Oh, great. Uh, they have free ice cream? Okay, cool. Just eat all the ice cream. He goes, so, so, uh, you want it? I'm like, want what? He's like, Jesus, man, do you want Jesus? I'm like, I guess. I mean, like, uh, are you still gonna feed me? Am I, you know, like, what's happening here? Are you buying? Are you like, am I paying? So I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. No sinner's prayer. Come on. None. No. Let's ask Jesus to forgive us of our sin. Come on. None of that. This is His word. All right, man. Hold out your hand. Okay. Hold out my hand. Lord, Lord, come into my heart. Come into my heart. All right, cool, man. Welcome to the family. I was like, uh, all right. So I'm a Christian now. I'm a Christian now. I play guitar. So I went home, tried to learn all the Christian songs on my guitar. I knew the words. The next week, I showed up to church, and I'm singing. I'm doing my thing. You know, I'm a Christian. Kind of messed up a few words, you know. And then the following week, I went back. This is where everything. Because I'm a good Christian. I knew all my words. I memorized some scriptures. Uh, I greeted everybody. Hi, how are you? You know, putting on this fake smile. Because I still don't know love. I have no idea what love is. Hurt everybody in my life. Even hurt my friend who was trying to help me out. Hurt my family. Hurt everybody in my life. Lied to them. Right? Because I hurt everybody. Because my nature was still of my father. The devil. And the devil's a liar. Which made me a liar. Even though I didn't want to be a liar, I was a liar because the good things that I do want to do, I don't do. But the very good I want to do, I can't do because I find that these two natures are present with me and I can't win. Wretched man that am, who shall save me? Thanks be to God that the Lord Jesus, right? So Paul says, now Romans 7 are to those who know the knowledge of good and evil. Because in the beginning it says, this is written to those who know the law, which produces death. So I go to church and I'm in worship and there's like maybe a hundred people in front of me and the pastor kind of you know sits on this uh, black stage and then there's the band behind him and all of a sudden I'm standing there and I feel this huge hand it wasn't like huge but it was a hand that just came to my side and it wasn't forcing me to go up to the front because God's a gentleman he doesn't force you to do anything you believe on our will he initiates God initiates we love because he first loved us so he has his hand on me and he just kind of nudges me up to the front. It's kind of like a, no one's behind me. So I go up to the front, and now I'm like weirded out, right? Because I know something touched me. No one was around me. 
anything that he can do. Repenting, I don't know. So I'm there. So I'm there. And it felt like I kind of floated on the stage. I know I didn't float. I could have. But it felt like I kind of just floated up on the stage. And I'm all alone with God. I had no idea what's going on. I'm not hearing anything. I'm not seeing anything. Nothing's happening. But I'm on the stage. And all of a sudden, it was like a thousand gallons of water hit me, fell on me, and rose up on me at the same exact time. My bones started to vibrate. There was power flowing through me so hard that I, I just had to touch somebody to give it away. The pastor comes up and says, this guy didn't know Jesus a week ago. So I steal the mic from him. And I'm bawling my eyes out. And I don't cry, guys. I don't cry. Like, ask my mom. I don't try to cry. If I, you know, if I do, it's because I'm lying to you. So... <laughs> Because I was. I was crying for sympathy. You know, so so huge power flowing through me. Pastor comes up. I steal the mic from him. And I say, you guys need to know Jesus because I've never felt anything like this before. Jesus is Lord. And that's still true today. The church needs to come to know Jesus. Not every Christian knows Jesus. And it's our job as the sons of God to not say, let's go talk to the prophet for healing. Let's go to the apostle to get a word from God. You're a son. I'm a son. We have a father. We can hear for ourselves. And we're going to teach you not how to hear the voice of God. That is not the primary role of a prophet. A primary role of a prophet is to lead you back to the heart of God because we are ministers of reconciliation. Everything is reconciling us back to the heart of God. And Jesus says, I'm not going to return to all things that reconciled unto me. So the world is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God, right, to be made manifest. Because when I look at a tree, I'm not looking at a tree. I'm looking at a tree that is in subject to frustration of creation because it's waiting for the sons of God to release that tree from frustration. Because that's a fallen tree. That's not a glorified tree. Is that making sense? Okay. What's that? I'm going to get there. So Jesus, I'm going to answer that right now, actually. So Jesus is walking, and he looks like a natural man. And Isaiah says, hey, Jesus is nothing to be desired, right? That's just what the scriptures say. So Jesus is walking around. He's healing the sick. He's doing wonderful things, water into wine. And the church has been trying to turn it back ever since. And, and he's been doing all these great things. And all of a sudden, what happens is, is that he gets taken up to this mountain. This is cool. I should paint it differently. In the Old Testament, Elijah, when he went up into the whirlwinds, you guys know that story? He went up into the whirlwinds. The next scripture says, the Lord must have taken him up on a mountain or in the wilderness. In the New Testament, you find John the Baptist in the spirit of Elijah in the wilderness, and then you also find Elijah on a mountain. Did you guys catch that? So he goes up to this mountain, and he brings three of his disciples with him. And what happens? The mountain of transfiguration. So when Jesus gets transfigured or transformed, everything became light. So when we get transformed by the renewing of our mind, everything becomes light. I can speak because we are children of the creator, right? So we create in substance with him. Correct? Are you following me? So when we look at this tree, we are to release this tree in in freedom. So if I'm a son... And this person's knee is broke. Because I'm a son and I'm walking with the authority of my father, I can say be healed. If Jesus is coming to heal the land 
and we're supposed to also partner with him, we can heal the tree. Because the tree was fallen because of Adam and Eve. Does that kind of answer your question? So you, you transfigure or you transform the world by becoming light. And by the word of our mouth. Because we give life and death is in the power of the tongue. I hope that kind of answers that. So where was that? Um, steal the mic from the pastor. You know, are we all good? You guys getting bored? Steal the mic from the pastor. Doing all these crazy things, right? So I go back, and uh, now I, I'm totally wrecked. I'm totally wrecked. I go to church. I come. I come to my grandma's house. We all have food, and I'm like crying, hugging everybody. Like, what's that mean to you? I'm like Jesus. And and uh, I'm just like crying. I'm seeing everybody as somebody that doesn't hate me anymore. Why? Because if I don't hate them, but I love them, they don't need to love me. Because it doesn't change who I am. Rather they're good to me or they're not good to me, it doesn't change who I am. I am now of my Father, and He reigns on the just and the unjust. So Matthew 5 isn't the law to us in the New Testament. Matthew 5 is who you are. That's your identity statement. You have heard it said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but now I say, be good to those who hurt you. Love your enemies, right? So, so it's who we are. It's who, we, it's who we're supposed to be. And then Jesus says at the end of it, if you do these things, you'll be like your Father in heaven. So I go home that night, and I lock the door. I go to my bed, and I lay down. And as soon as my head hit this pillow, I saw the kingdom of God coming down. And it just came down and floated, and it touched the earth. And then I heard a voice audibly, like, hello, like that, not in my head. I heard a voice say, hello, my son. And then my journey began. And then I realized that I didn't want to go to church anymore because I wanted to spend all my time with Jesus. I didn't want to spend time with family. I didn't want to do these things. Why? Because I was caught up in the realm of the spirit. And when you are caught up in the realm of the spirit, things change. Your DNA can change. Your mind will change. Your heart will change. Everything in your life will start to change. But you have to worship him and see him and speak to him in the spirit because God is a spirit being. Okay? And he can only be communicated by word. Through his word, through the spoken word, through pastor, prophet, whatever it is, by the word. But God didn't have a body. So he sent Abraham, Moses, Noah as a type of shadow to give you the seed. Remember the whole seed thing? So now, Jesus, there's two accounts of Genesis. There's the Genesis account that God created in the world, and then there's the John account. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word dwelt among us and became flesh, and we beheld His glory, and then whoever received Him, He gave the right to be the sons of God, right? So Jesus is now the incarnation of Jesus. The Spirit came into Jesus, and now Jesus is walking around, not man pretending to be God, fully God, fully man. But he did not consider himself equal with God as to humble himself, even at his point of death on the cross. So this is the gospel. This is who you are. Jesus is the Son of God. You're the Son of God. Jesus is righteous. You're righteous. Jesus is holy. You're holy. You're not Jesus who walked 2,000 years ago, but you are Christ. And in Christ, there's no sin. Come on. 
you can have 60-fold Christianity that says, let me go into my closet and war for nine hours because my daughter just watched Harry Potter. Come on. 60-fold. My, my daughter just watched Harry Potter. I need to pray the devils out of her. But 1 John 5.18 says that he who is born of God, the devil cannot touch him. Why? Because as he is, so are you. So Christians don't watch Harry Potter, but sons of God do. Because even in Harry Potter, you can get strategies. You can get prophetic words. You can get wisdom. You can get things in your relationship with God because to the pure, all things are pure. Does that make sense? So Christians, they don't watch Harry Potter, but sons of God do. Why? Because the devil will not touch you. If you are as Jesus, I know we're getting into the deeper stuff now. All right? I'm, I'm going to explain this. I'm a son, and I rob a bank. I'm still a son. It doesn't change my nature. I rob a bank, and I shoot two guys on the way out. I'm a son, but very soon, I will be the beloved son of God evangelizing in the prison. Because earthly decisions have earthly consequences. So you will reap what you sow. If you sow to the spirit, you will reap life and peace. The devil cannot touch me. I'm in peace. The devil can touch me. Knowledge of good and evil. Because if you are as he is, is the devil touching Jesus? No. No. So can the devil touch you? So 60-fold says, I need to go and pray all these things out, right? I need to go heal the sick. That's 60-fold. But 100-fold is, or 60-fold says, Guy, why aren't, God, why aren't you healing the sick? 100-fold is, why aren't you healing the sick? That's it. That's you. That's you. I'm going to go and raise the dead, 60-fold. 100-fold, God's saying to you, why don't you just remove sickness from the earth? Yes. Does that make sense? This makes sense, right? 60-fold Christianity is I'm going to go and do so that God will do. 100-fold Christianity is I'm at rest because God has already done it. And now I'm stepping into the words that he prepared beforehand that I may walk in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. Right? So everything that we do is received by believing, not by doing. We're not human doers. We're human beings. We're spirit beings. Okay? You are totally at rest. God wants to give you the Ferrari, but out of love, he won't give you the Ferrari because he wants to father you into it. That makes sense? Yes. yes. My son, all day long, he knows not to touch the TV. He knows not to chew on the remote. He knows not to, you know, chew on whatever it is, right? He gets it probably 50 times a day from my wife. Elijah, don't touch that. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. There's a law put over him not to do something. But because he's a baby and he's innocent, when daddy comes home, none of that matters. Why? Because he expects love from his father. Because where there is no law, there is no transgression of the law. So there is no transgression that he can make on me because there is no law in my heart that puts it over him. And Jesus took upon the handwritten ordinances that was nailed to the cross in Colossians, and he nailed it to the cross, the handwritten law, and abolished it in his body. He took away the thing that was blocking you from God, which was the law. Because the law brought condemnation and death. Right? Adam's condemnation brought condemnation to all men, but through Jesus and his obedience brought righteousness to all men. So my son knows that when he comes home, he can expect a hug. 
he can expect a kiss. Why? Because he doesn't know he broke the law. And that's what Jesus has done for you. You have no longer broken the law because you fulfill the law of love. Because you believe Jesus. They say, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He says, do the works. Right? Do the works I do. What are the works you do? I believe. You believe. That's it. What must we do to inherit eternal life? Believe on the Son. This is eternal life, that you may know him and the one whom he sent. And if you don't believe me and the works that I do, believe through their word. And I pray that they be unified, just as I am the Father I want. So if you don't believe Jesus right now, at least believe me. That's right. Because that's what Jesus says. Come on, that's what he says. That's what he said. That's right. He says, if you don't believe me and the works that I do, I pray that they believe you through your word, his apostles. I'm not an apostle. <laughs> I'm just saying that we all have an apostle in us. We all have a prophet in us, right? Come on. I know I'm getting some stuff. So I'm a son. You're a son. Today I woke up. I smoked a cigarette. I walked uh, down the beach. Uh, I lusted after a girl. And now I've lost my sonship. Is that true? No. No. Why not? Why not? Because you have switched natures. That seed. Okay. Good. I'm hitting this because I want you guys to know this. Is that when the law comes to you, it comes in pretty much three forms. Maybe more if you studied it out. But pretty much three forms. The first one is the written law. And that's the law that you know by reading. Oh, Israel, don't do this. Do that. Cursing and blessing. Okay, all right, I got it. The second form is by people. It's by your mom. It's by your dad. It's by the church. It's by the things that you listen to on TV. It's by America, the laws. Don't do this. Don't go 55 miles an hour. Don't do this. It's the law. The second one is the devil. The devil can only preach the law to you because he is the lawless one. So he's lawless. He doesn't have glory. He gave all that up. So he has nothing. So what he does is that the devil accuses you using Moses' law. He says, you know not to do that. He accuses you using the word of God. And what testifies against you is your conscience. But 1 John 3.20 says, if your conscience condemns you, don't worry because God is bigger than your conscience. So who's bigger? Your conscience or God? Right? So your conscience, if it condemns you, don't worry because the blood of Jesus has sprinkled your conscience clean from the law. So we're not children under the law, born under the law. We are children of God. Did you have a question? Oh. So Abraham, Abraham was considered righteous because he believed. It was imputed to him as righteousness, not by works, but by believing. So Abraham, being uncircumcised, was considered righteous even when he was dirty. God says, even though you are uncircumcised and you're a Gentile and you're dirty and you don't look like Israel, guess what? You're clean because you believe. Which means that God, which means that God has cut off the old man that's what circumcision is. You've been circumcised by the heart. The true Jew are those who believe by the heart. Inward believing produces outward faith. It's simple. The gospel is simple. A blind man can see it. Because it causes him to see. Not with this, but with this. Because it's with the heart he believes. 
and believing is seeing. Right? So I see Jesus. He comes down. I hear his voice. And all of a sudden, he's like, you know, taking me to places in his spirit. Okay? And I'm having all this great fun. I'm prophesying. You know, I, I see like TV screens, right? Like seven-inch TV screens over people, and my eyes can highlight the one I want. And I, when I click on it with my eyes, it comes out into a 32-inch screen, and all of a sudden, I'm seeing when they got molested when they were five. I'm seeing when their dad hit them. I'm seeing the car wreck. And out of my immaturity, hey, blah, 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 you got molested, and da, 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 da. Out of my immaturity, I speak these things and think over too well. So God wants you to have the prophetic gift, but he has to father you into things. And that's what this whole message is about, is that God fathers us into being a son. He fathers us into the maturity of our gift. I don't need to practice my gift. You don't need to practice your gift. You don't need to practice your gift. Why? Because the gift is already packaged and ready for use. What we are practicing is the character of God, our Father's nature. Because now, with the character of God, I no longer have to throw my gifts out of there, out of my insecurity, to say, look at me. I'm a Christian. I can step front and say, I'm like my father. I don't need the gifts. Because Paul says, where there are prophecy, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, they will cease. But I show you a better way, and that's love. So the fivefold ministry is actually people who are working themselves out of a job. Amen. Right? Amen. Because what's the fivefold ministry to do? Because the church is not five people. It's people. The church is us. And we're one church with the church of heaven. There's not the church of heaven. There's not the black church. There's not the white church. It's one church. Even Paul, Peter, James, John, they're all in our church. We're in their church. Right? So, I'm doing all these things. I'm using my gift improperly. I'm, you know, going out and using it on unbelievers. And I'm just like, prophesying machine. Like, literally. Like, I can, like, see the whole timeline. There was 100 people in a restaurant, and I'm just like, I knew everything about everybody. Everything about everybody. From the time they were born to where they're going to die. Not die, like when they're going to die, just like by the end of their life. I'm like, hey, when you're 50, this is what you're going to be doing. Da, 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 da. Prophesying cars into people's lives. All this crazy, chaotic mess. But I thought I was doing good with God. I thought I was doing good with God. I had some fruit, but I wasn't really walking in the character and nature of God. It kind of actually came off as prideful. So one night, I'm with my friend, and we have a next-door neighbor. I'm like, good on time, almost done. I just want a couple more points. So I'm at my next door neighbor's house and uh, two girls and two guys, me and my friend and two girls. And all of a sudden, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a son. I prophesy, speak in tongues. I'm gonna have some beer. Great, I'm gonna have some beer. We go out to the field with the girl and they're kissing her. Ooh, yikes. All of a sudden, start thinking to myself, okay, well, it's just a kiss. That's okay. I didn't want to kiss until I found my wife. That was my attitude. Seven months in, eight months in. A couple weeks later, same thing. Drinking, hanging out, and I'm evangelizing to them. I'm telling them about the goodness of God, using my prophetic gift to lure them in. Because I still didn't know my father. I still didn't know his goodness fully. I knew of the goodness, but I still didn't know it. And now, that night, 
I ended up sleeping with her. As a Christian. Come on. I'm a Christian. I'm spirit filled. I prophesy. I heal the sick. Come I look on. just like Jesus. Tell it, Lord. No, I look like the works of Jesus. Come on, tell it. I don't look like Jesus. So I sleep with her. I run all the way home. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my god, what's, what's going to happen to me? Uh, I'm going to lose my credibility. Um, you know, I'm, oh man, I, all these things. I lost my salvation. That's my that's my thing. Is I lost my salvation. I lay my head on my pillow, and everything went black. I I, I just said I've lost my salvation at that point. I laid my head on the pillow, and everything went black. All of a sudden, I see the kingdom of God. And I'm floating in the air. I have no idea where I'm at. No idea. Don't ask me. I have no idea. But I see the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden, I see the gates start to open. And Jesus is on the mercy seat. And he comes out. And he has this hose. And I'm standing there just slept with a girl. And he looks at me. And he smiles at me. And he pulls back this hose. And the blood of Jesus starts gushing out this hose. And starts washing me inside and out. Thank you, Jesus. Because it's the blood of Jesus that has cleansed us from our sin. Sin was me not believing God was good. Me running away from God. The acts of sinning was sleeping with the girl. Come on. Does that make sense? Yes. I get healed. I have this huge re revelation of Jesus. I see Jesus. His blood washes me. Three weeks later, I end up sleeping with her again. I was saved. I thought I was spirit filled. I thought I had Jesus. I thought I had seen Jesus. And well, brother, if I had seen Jesus, I would have never done that. I guess out of me didn't either. Slept with her. That time after I slept with her again it was about six in the morning, and I wake up. But when I wake up, I'm not in her bed somewhere else. I'm out in a field and I'm picking flowers. And I see Jesus in this huge building and he has his arms crossed. Doesn't look too happy. But he says, are you done messing around? Because I have a dinner prepared for you. You want to eat with the dogs? You want to eat at the table of the devil? I have a dinner prepared for you. My food is much better. Come Eat on. the food that endures to eternal yes. life. Is what he says. Come on, Jesus. So you can eat this. Doesn't change my nature. But what it does change is me. Because I have to be transformed to the fact that God has better food out there for me. That's right. And, hello, I knock at the heart of your door. And if you open it, I will come and dine with you. Amen. You're going to clean up your house before Jesus comes? Or you're going to let him clean it. It's probably much better. I'm going to let him clean it. So I wake up out of this vision. And I run 20 feet next door to my house. And I'm like crying. I'm crying. Just bawling my eyes out. Like, God, it's so good. <laughs> what am I going to do? <sighs> Two weeks later, I sleep with her again. <laughs> Come on, right? Come on, Christian. I sleep with her again. This time, I slept with her and nothing happened. God was silent. Because how much do you know that God disciplines those who he loves? Come on. You are an illegitimate child if you do not get disciplined by God. 
That's what Hebrews says. So his discipline was, I came to you in love. I came to you with grace. I came to you with the blood. But the devil snatched that seed. 